I don't even know what day it is. Don't know what show it is. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Well, my guest today is a real chefy chef, even though my name says Chef AJ. Uh, this, this guy is like a real chef. His name is Mark Reinfeld, and he is going to be talking about seven culinary keys to creating amazing plant-based cuisine. And when you hear his resume and the, the restaurants, the books, the events he does, you'll know you know what he's talking about. And he has a product in the bundle going on just for 10 days, starting today till 11.59 p.m. Pacific time on Sunday, March 12th. 10th, 10th, sorry, not the 12th. And he'll tell you what the product is and all about the bundle. It's worth over $8,000. New products, we kid you not, for a mere pittance of $49. Even if you only use a couple of the over 150 books and courses and programs, it would be worth it. Please welcome Chef Mark Reinfeld. How are you, Mark? Hey, Chef AJ, thank you so much for having me on your show. I always love love being here with you. Well, you're, you're, I admire you so much because you're not just a a real chef, but like you are a kind chef. And what I mean by that is even though you may have a preference and cook a certain way, like you don't get your panties in a bunch. If somebody says, can you do no oil? Can you do, you know, it seems like just at least based on what I saw at vegetarian Summerfest all those years for which you were won the, uh, the same award I did the in the vegan hall of fame, like there was something for everyone. I don't think anyone could complain because there was the regular vegan food, you know, that was some, you know, that was basically healthy, but then there was a little bit junkier vegan food, what would I would call junkier vegan food, you know, <laughs> in the pizza. But then there was always an incredible salad bar. There was a gluten-free bar. There was a raw bar. There was an SOS free bar. It was like anybody could eat there. You know? Yeah. Well, I love making food available, plant-based food available. It's one of my great passions. So Summerfest is going on their 50th year, and this will be my 10th year running the kitchen there. So uh, it's a wonderful event, summer camp for vegans. I, I highly recommend it. Well, I'm so sorry. I won't get to see you. They invited me one week after I accepted the job at Cuca College and I had signed a contract. So, but uh, you do it. You do a great job. Why do you think it is that some chefs get so upset at any kind of substitution or, you know, is it because they don't think the food will taste good or because they just maybe don't know how to do it? I think that's probably right. It's, it's probably a combination of, of those. I, I actually love the challenge of I did a workshop in New York and I think I had like seven or eight different like tree nut free, oil free, sugar free, you know, refined sugar free, several different things. So I love the challenge of making food taste good for, for people, regardless of their their preferences. Yeah. Did you go to culinary school? Uh, the culinary school of hard knocks I went to. So uh, wow. Jimbo's, uh, Jimbo's in uh, San Diego was where I got. Uh, my professional culinary career started just working through the ranks. So several yep. years at Jimbo's and I branched off and for, formed my own consulting and private chef company and then um, went to Kauai, Hawaii for a two week vacation and stayed for eight years uh, when we opened up the Blossoming Lotus restaurant. So that was real uh, kind of boots on the ground training for for being a chef. Well, you are very, very talented. And like I said, the breadth of what you can do. If you had to pick, you know, let's say, okay, Mark, we give you a restaurant, but you gotta, you gotta have a vision. You gotta have a culinary point of view. What would that culinary point of view be? 
Great question. I'm, uh, I like World Fusion. Our, our first cookbook was vegan uh, World Fusion Cuisine. We're actually releasing our 20th anniversary edition of that. So I really love celebrating the, the cuisines and the culture and the wisdom and the sacred sites and beauty from around the world. So World Cuisine would be, plant-based World Cuisine would be what I would select. Yeah, I love I love that book. It was a hardcover book with a really pretty cover, if I remember correctly. Yes. On my bookshelf. Yeah, that was good. I made something. You had something that was made with almond butter. And it was like a it was like a pad thai, actually. A raw, yeah, it was a raw pad thai. So I really. <laughs> you have you a also, good yeah. And I so, had that book. And you also have a wonderful soup book that I also have. I do. And actually, I'll show you guys the soup today. The book is the 30 minute vegan soups on. Uh, and I like to promote it as vegan soups for the chicken soul. So <laughs> there's usually a delayed laugh with that one when it sinks in. <laughs> uh, uh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about your product in the bundle and if there's any other products that you are interested in checking out. Uh, so uh the product I have is called the seven culinary keys to creating amazing plant-based cuisine. And I just, in my 25 plus years being in the plant-based culinary world, I was just contemplating like how to distill that information into uh, basic principles. And I came up with these seven uh, principles with which I can go over. And uh, I'm just totally impressed with the bundle, with the, the food styling and all the raw food selections, you definitely, uh, you outdid yourself this year. Well, I, I know, I don't think that I've ever seen a bundle worth over $8,000. And guys, if you don't want to go to the bundle website, you just want to click the link and then you scroll down and you can see everything that's offered. So if you're seeing just a video or you, you might have to scroll up or down, whatever the case may be. Okay. And I put your link in the chat in the show notes. If you'd like to support Great. Mark, you can get the bundle from him right below. Great. Cool. As you were, as you were. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so what I'd like to do is just uh, go over the high level talk about those seven uh, culinary keys. And then I want to dive into one of them and I'm going to show you, I'm short on time. So I'm just going to show you about a thousand soup recipes. So nice. I heard you're really good at math, AJ. So get out <laughs> your uh, abacus there and I'll uh, I'll talk through them. Uh, but first, so the culinary keys are basically these principles. Uh, what I love doing is just showing people how to make plant-based foods taste good. Uh, I consider myself somewhat of an activist and we can talk all day about how important it is to eat plant-based. Uh, but if the food doesn't taste good, it's really not going to go very far. So just showing people how to make food, regardless of their SOS or wherever they fall on the spectrum, tastes good. Uh, for me, it helps make the changes long lasting. Uh, and so these principles are, and you could learn more in, in the ebook. One is palate development. So this is just in the four week training that I offer, we do things like taste dried coconut raw, taste it well-toasted, taste it burnt, taste uh, pumpkin seed raw, well-cooked and burnt. We do exercises where you taste like water with lemon juice, water with cabbage juice, water with hot sauce. So you get accustomed to the different flavors. So palate development is one. The second key is what I'm gonna focus on today is called the template recipe approach. And by this, what I do is it helps people break out of the recipe trap. So 
what you do is you look at the underlying formula of a recipe. I show people uh, how you can create different uh, variations based on the components to create a new recipe. So one formula, you could actually learn hundreds and even thousands of recipes. The third key is uh, global spice blends. And that's one of my biggest tips for people when they get started in the kitchen. If you have either store-bought or homemade, a Mexican blend, a Cajun blend, Moroccan, Ethiopian, you could just like, you'll see with this soup, with the flick of your hands, you can create this whole global cuisine. The, uh, the fourth key goes hand in hand with that, which is world sauces. So learning how to make pestos and peanut sauces and poison sauces, curries, uh, really help every chef will probably will share the opinion that it's all about the sauce. So learning about sauces. Uh, the, the, the fifth key is what I call veganizing. And this is where most of us aren't ready to go from like a bacon double cheeseburger with chili fries one day to like a sprouted mung bean salad. The next day you're going to have that like where's the beef moment where you're not feeling satiated. So what I love to do is show people how to veganize dishes that they're accustomed to eating uh, on the animal-based version. Uh, the next key is what I call uh, superfood nutrition. Uh, and this is where we really optimize the nutrition and the vitality of our meals by incorporating raw foods and living foods, which is something I've been specializing in for a long time. And then the last key is the most important is called experimentation. And so that's where uh, the three most important parts of that are practice, practice, and practice. So with that key, no matter how much of an accomplished chef you are, if you took a walk through an international grocery store, I'm sure there's some ingredients that you haven't been familiar with. So that's a, a lifelong process. Uh, and then when, when you're ready, I could show you how to make, I think it was like 1,200, uh, 2,347 variations just from this one soup, something like that. That's amazing because you're not just teaching people recipes, you're teaching people long lasting techniques that will help them not to have to always rely on recipes. Yeah, so it's good to use a recipe as a starting point, but what I'm gonna show you now is, is a perfect example of what I like to call the template recipe approach. And I've been teaching classes for 25 plus years, and this is really the big takeaway for people experiencing more confidence and creativity in the plant-based kitchen. Yeah, have you ever done an Iron Chef? Uh, I have not. I've, oh. uh, I've, I did interviews for two different shows, but I, I don't think I was competitive enough to uh, make it on. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't always have to do it on TV, but like sometimes at the plant-based conferences, they do those. And I find that, that that really helps your creativity to be forced to use certain ingredients given a time limit. And mm -hmm. I've made some of the best recipes from my books came out of an Iron Chef. And even though it, it can be pressure, I, I just love that idea. Because my mom used to do that when I was little, not with food, but like she'd give me like a box that the, the strawberries came in and some scissors and some string. And she goes, okay, make something. So it's you can do the same thing with food. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, so, uh, so with this soup and the recipe is both in your spring, uh, in the, the bundle, you you compile the spring recipes from contributors. So the recipes in there, as well as in this, uh, the seven culinary keys uh, ebook. So with soups, uh, I usually like starting off teaching people uh, soups. It's very, it's not intimidating. People say they wanna learn how to eat vegan and you say, we're gonna make the souffle. It could be a little intimidating, but if you say we're gonna make a soup, 
uh, it's a good entry point. So you ready to, to count to see ready, if I'm accurate? Ready, to, ready okay. to rock and roll. Okay, so the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna start with what I call the base. And so the base could be, uh, I'm gonna keep it simple, onion, celery, and garlic. So I'm gonna put that in the pot. And now that could also be carrots, you could use shallots or leeks. So you could have some variety there and then some water. So the water could also be a stock. And so if you're gonna use a stock, that becomes another component. So you could have a mushroom stock, a tomato stock, a grilled ve veggie stock. Those will also change the, the flavor profile. The next ingredient, this is a creamy asparagus and corn soup, I should mention. So the next ingredient is uh, what I call the main vegetable component. And so for this, we're using asparagus, but you could rotate through with other vegetables. So broccoli, cauliflower, zucchini, corn, uh, Brussels sprouts, sweet potatoes. I mentioned the sweet potato for you, AJ. Uh, Love and sweet then, potatoes, uh, thank you. <laughs> and, uh, or mixed veggies. And when I talk about template recipes, I like picturing these like spinning wheels on top of each other. So we're gonna spin through our veggie stock. We're gonna spin through our main vegetable component. Uh, and now we're gonna cook this until the vegetables are tender. The next ingredient we're gonna add is I have uh, raw cashews. So if you look at this as a template, the cashews would be what I call the creaminess component. So you could replace the cashews with other nuts and seeds like macadamia nuts, pine nuts, Brazil nuts, uh, hazelnuts. Uh, you could use seeds like sunflower, pumpkin seeds. You can also use plant-based milks like uh, coconut milk, oat milk, soy milk, almond milk, rice milk. Uh, you could use starchy veggies uh, like the potato, you can use beans like white beans to create that creaminess. So that becomes the creaminess component. So we're gonna take this, cook this uh, until everything's tender. And then we're gonna transfer it to a blender. Hey, I have a, challenge, a culinary challenge question for you. Okay. So I have a recipe from my book on process that's very popular and it's a lasagna. And the, the white creamy part is made out of beans and nuts. It could be tofu or it could be beans and nuts. For somebody that either can't have or doesn't want either, what would you use for the white part? Like I, the only thing I could think of was like steamed cauliflower, but I don't know if that would work. Uh, so no beans or nuts. Well, if they could have seeds, you could use the seeds, like maybe a cauliflower or sunflower seed. Blend. Or hemp, hemp seed, hemp seed. Yeah, hemp seed, cauliflower could create that layer. Uh, you could use, if you're going to use like maybe a millet with cauliflower or something to give some substance to it. Yeah, I was because I'm talking about me. So I'm thinking like, how can I make it so I can eat it? And I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, I should try cauliflower is great because it's so neutral, but I don't think it's as thick as like a tofu or a bean or a nut. You know, yeah, it's, it's I, not would mix, I would mix it with something. Yeah. Uh, so now that uh, I'm going to just zap that up in my blender and uh now i'm gonna pour out this uh creamy i have a very silent blender so here's the uh the soup now is nice and creamy that's been blended 
And then now once it's blended, there's gonna be some other components. So it's an asparagus and corn soup. So I'm gonna be adding corn, but that corn could be, that's what I would call the, the add-on component. So the vegetable add-on component. So instead of corn, that could be bell pepper, mushrooms, cabbage, uh, chopped up broccoli, asparagus, uh, just rotate through diff different veggies. And then there's uh, the recipe has fresh dill. This could be where you have your fresh herb and global, uh, I call it a global spice component. So I'm gonna add a little uh, herb de Provence mix. Uh, it could be parsley. And so that could be your Italian blend, Mexican blend, Cajun blend, Moroccan blend. You can rotate through different fresh herbs, uh, cilantro, basil, uh, combination. And then I have pepper, crushed red pepper flakes, and AJ's special green salt. So you could uh, use that. So this is now, essentially it's a salt-free, uh, oil-free soup. And then we're just gonna cook this down and do our plating. And while I'm doing that, I'll just talk through again how this is a template. So we have our base, which is the onion, celery, garlic, and water. You can rotate through different types of stock. We have our main vegetable component, which in this case is asparagus, but it could be any of those veggies that we mentioned. Then once it's uh, blended with what we call the creaminess component, so we use cashews, but it could be any of those ingredients we mentioned, the plant-based milks, the starchy veggies. Then we have the veggie add-on component, and the global spice fresh herb component. So at last count, if you counted up all those variations that I mentioned, you're well over, I think I called it a thousand and one recipes. The, the cool thing about looking at recipes as a template is it, like I mentioned, it helps you break out of the recipe box. So in the past, if you look at the recipe, and you'd be like, I don't have asparagus, I don't have corn, I don't have dill, I don't have cashews, I don't have any of the main ingredients in the recipe, you might be inclined to just pass through and look for another recipe. But once you start seeing this underlying formula, you see that you can make countless variations based on whatever ingredients you have on hand. So uh, behold the miracle of the template recipe approach. <laughs> The miracle of the template. So that's what I have for you today, my friend. Hey, do you believe, I mean, because you were you were a restaurant owner, but back then, were you getting as many requests for things like oil-free, salt-free, SOS-free? I don't even know if it was a word that people used back then. No, that was... Uh, back in... The restaurant was like the early 2000s, so... What was happening then was uh, was gluten free. I think you could get a little glimpse of that without me spilling it. Uh, and the presentation is very important for me. Also, plating the idea of like food is art. So uh, that's another thing I go over in my my four week course. Uh, but gluten free was starting to become really popular and requested. Uh, there was like the canola oil controversy started to occur around then where people were complaining if they saw canola oil in recipes. Interesting. 
What do you but think? I have at Summerfest, there's definitely the SOS station went from maybe 5% to now where I think we're up to like 25% we do SOS. So it's definitely just judging on that, it's becoming uh, much more popular. Well, because it's delicious. <laughs> have you seen in the last 10 years the same a staff that works there every year with you like do you remember them do they remember you uh they were uh, until last year they had a change in their food service provider so it was a different company ran the kitchen there but up to that point there would be you know a dozen or so people or up to even 20 people that i would uh recognize this year there was maybe down to like five or 10. It, did any of them go or stay vegan? Uh, usually there'd be one or two people that would say they, they, they ate vegan during the event and then they stayed on it and they lost weight. Like usually uh, there are like one or two people that, that come up with that. Nice. Hello. Hello. Oh, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any questions about anything that I have any questions for Mark or the bundle? Well, my question is, is other than your wonderful offering, what are you going to dig into first? Uh, do you, are you more of a cookbook person? I'm more of a video person. So I'm going for Dr. McDougall's gut course first, because I, I, I got more time to watch videos because I'm on the, you know, my exercise bike than I do to read a book. Yeah, that one definitely caught my eye. And also the food styling one too. Oh, that's really, yeah. I, I love that. That I took that in culinary school and it's like I had electives. It wasn't a regular culinary school. It was that raw culinary school. That raw, it was something light, but it was either uh -huh. the business. And the thing is, is I should have took the business course because I didn't learn anything about like, you know, how to order or how much that would have been a right. <laughs> much more useful course, but that's okay. Cause I'm not really working in a restaurant or selling food anymore. So yeah. What do you think is hard? No sugar, no oil, no salt, or the combination of all three, or even two out of the three? Uh, to me, the salt one is the hardest one, because that's where you really get a lot of like that popping flavor. So it depends, like, yeah, if you're not going to use any uh, tamari or amino, liquid aminos, uh, using like that, the sea veggie mix, the uh, that you share that green salt or other, uh, I usually like using more citrus or fresh herbs or spice blends uh, when I'm doing that to, to compensate. But the oil-free is, I think, the easiest. Sugar-free, if you can use like a fruit syrup, I think it's still doable. It's the, the salt-free to get like that real popping flavor. Yeah, I think. It, is, it is the hardest. That's what everybody says. Have you tried the spices from local spicery? You might like like the pepperoni and the bacon. And the, I, think, I think of all the salt-free seasonings, they're like just delicious even if they I mean that's hard to believe they don't have salt you might want to try those but I eat salt I mean people think I'm per I mean I don't sit there and eat salt and I don't cook with it <laughs> but like it's in things you know I mean you know what I'm yeah. saying I don't I, yeah because I always felt that salt like like you know when people drink coffee or tea that old thing one lump or two everybody's mm. different so why why yeah. can't salt just be on the table and those that right. can add it and those yeah. that don't you know, not, but it's just that I, I, I find that a lot of restaurants use way too much salt. Yeah. Yep. I, I usually try to hit the point where people don't need to add salt, but uh, it's definitely that that's like, yeah, that's the tricky part, especially at Summerfest when we're cooking for, you know, I think 
500 people or so it's uh it's hard to please everyone all the time what do you think about like do you think that in general when you, you know restaurants can really do oil free because you know i mean the cook everything still has oil like the grill would they don't they don't like sit there and wash the pots for you and everything you know yeah yeah i mean i think it depends on how the type of cuisine and if you're okay using like like Indian cuisine, for instance, like they could do uh, dairy free with like coconut milk, if you're okay with that, like that really does a lot as far as like giving you that oil, uh, that the mouthfeel that you get from the oil. But uh, yeah, I think it depends on on where you're going with it, how successful you could be with that. Hey, do you watch that show? I haven't seen it yet. It won a bunch of SAG awards and Emmys, The Bear or Bear? No, no. It's supposedly, what, really good. It I, don't, I don't know which streaming it's on, but it's about like a kitchen and a chef and they, I don't know, it might, might hit too close to home, you know? Well, the, the a great uh, chef movie is called uh, Burnt. Have you seen that one? I don't know if I have, but you know what movie scared me was the menu. Did you see that? No, no. Oh, don't see it. It's actually a horror film that takes oh. place. Yeah. Oh, I think, yeah, I heard about that one. Yeah. I'm I not much into the horror films. Kathy Fisher was visiting and she wanted to see it. And I purposely watched it in the daytime and it still haunts me. It was <laughs> scary. But the funniest thing was, is in that movie, it was the only movie I ever know that had featured something called a Paco Jet. And I had mm. Paco Jet my whole life, but they're like $4,000. And then a couple of years ago, Ninja Creamy came out, which is Paco Jet technology for... Mm -hmm a little over a hundred dollars so really we actually at the restaurant in hawaii we had a paco jet <laughs> yeah those are amazing so now you can get a paco jet for your home for about you know one one to 150 depending on when you get it so wow that, very cool that was cool that they featured a paco jet so are you finishing the soup or you're what are you doing i with? did that was it that was that uh, was it well you're quick we're just chatting now well that that's fabulous absolutely <laughs> fabulous so you know you're 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 trim and um did, you never had any struggles with even being a restaurant chef with weight or anything um not not particularly i mean i i've just uh up my exercise regimen a little to get i'm like uh going on eight years as a dad so uh that uh, I think there's like the dad 15 or 20 that could start accumulating. So I've, I've up my uh, exercise a little bit. Nice. Is your kid plant-based? Yes. Uh, so they're uh, an eight-year-old and a five-year-old. And uh, people ask how long we'll raise them vegan. And I say until they're old enough to decide for themselves, like 23 or 24. Yeah. Maybe 40, 50, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, our, our little one likes reading like the vegan uh, books, like the ABCs of vegan. There's uh, some really cool uh, vegan children's books. That's really cool. Well, do you cook every meal for your family? Um, Almost every meal. Wow. So, and actually, I just recently reached out to the our school district because they're uh, the menu of the schools are not super, well, they're not vegan friendly really at all. They have a vegetarian option. So I offered my free consulting services to help veganize their menu. So I don't have to do two lunches every day for my kids. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, they it, At five and eight, they may not know how lucky they are to have you as a, as a dad, you know, <laughs> I mean, in terms of the food, you know. Yeah. Well, they like my tofu. 
Nice. Oh, we, we had Dr. Nikki Davis on right before you, and that was her kid was vegan since birth, and that's like his favorite food, air-fried tofu with broccoli. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, broccoli too. So, so uh, the course that you're teaching, is, is it done virtually or in person? So it's a, a virtual course. Uh, it's a really amazing experience. It's four weeks of uh, live kitchen time, four hours a day via Zoom. We go over all the main techniques in vegan and raw food preparation. I have an expert bread baker. Uh, we do homemade pasta, uh, vegan cheeses. I have an audio recording of Miyoko teaching a, a plant-based cheese course. Uh, Chef Ron Pekarski doing a, a plant-based protein course. Uh, my wife, Ashley Boudet, she's a naturopathic doctor and she does three uh, healing foods modules. Uh, the course is approved for 120 CE credits from the American Culinary Federation. Uh, and it's really an incredible experience from people around the world. I just had a woman who owns a coffee plantation in Nicaragua and a culinary student from Turkey. And you're just, we're preparing these recipes together in the comfort of your own home. It's uh, one of your followers also took the course to a registered dietitian. So Nice. I'm so happy yeah, to hear that. How yeah. are you, It's... how are you doing this thumbs up thing? With thumbs <laughs> up. I don't Oh, know. I'm getting oh, these nice. little. I'm, I'm from New York. So I talk with my hands. So whenever that happens, I I get got like an emoji. the, It's so funny. the wink. I get this. I, I, I've always wanted to know how to do that. And that's so cool that she took the course so they can see you and you can see them in real time. Yeah, it's just like this and you would have it set up in your kitchen and we do the mise en place together and we taste things and we show, you know, how the consistency turns out. And uh, yeah, there's about 700 pages of course material we do. I talk through an SOS version of every recipe we do. I had a SOS. Frequently, there's one person who's SOS in the class. So I always go through how to create variations of that. But uh, since we closed the brick and mortar school we had here in Boulder, I've been doing this the last couple of years, and I really love this format. It's very personal. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching calls with students to help them uh, see where they want to go with, with the information, and uh, it's a wonderful experience, and I, I am offering uh, just for your audience a 25% off uh, discount on the course that they could uh, use when they apply, so Uh, I'd love to see people uh, applying. I do an interview just to talk more about the program. But yeah, I love doing that. Another one starting April uh, 15th. That's so cool. Now, if somebody, it's over four weeks, but is it a certain amount of time per day, per week? And if they can't make it, is it recorded? Yeah, so it's four hours a day for five days a week for four weeks. Uh, Wow. and it is, yeah, it's really, we do like real deep dives. And uh, it is recorded via Zoom, so people can watch it uh, at their own time. I have people doing it remotely as well. That is how, I mean, if I didn't have to work, I would, def I really would take a course like that with you. <laughs> You know, I would have to like, like block off a whole month before, but that sounds incredible. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Mark. Thank you for having me again, AJ. It's always Um, great at to any be with time, you. anytime. And guys, if you want to support Mark, the link is right below in the chat and the show notes to get the bundle from him, but get the bundle from somebody because when it's gone, it's gone. Thanks so much for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back. You get a little break now, 4 p.m. for Asian Sweets and Treats. Are you familiar with Raw Chef Yen, Mark? I think you would love her food styling. I saw that. I'm, I'm interested. I'll check it out. Yeah, she's very, Cool. very talented. All right. Good to see you again. Thank Take care. you, AJ. Be well. Take care. Thanks. You too. Thank Bye-bye. you.